What is up, guys? Welcome to Close Monday. My name is Kyle and Sarah, and this is the show for restaurant owners, for chefs, for culinary students, for startup restaurants, anyone brave enough to take on the challenge of running a restaurant and the pursuit of being what we like to call a restaurant entrepreneur. This is your absolute lifeline, your go-to for real world, no nonsense, in-depth chats and war stories from people who have been in your shoes. Now, you're all on the same quest here, looking for that perfect solution, that perfect piece of technology that's gonna streamline your operations, the killer marketing strategy, the new social media platform that's gonna put your restaurant on the map, the rock solid suppliers who've always got your back. But let's not be naive, there's a lot more to this. Most importantly, things like capital raising, making sense of insurance, and playing real estate like a professional, that's all part of the package. And one of my favorite parts, by the way. But what you need to understand is that each one of these challenges, they're really just opportunities. And as industry veterans, myself, my guests, we're gonna bring battle-hardened knowledge and cutting-edge insights to the table every single week. We've been in it. We've had our neck on the line. We've lost money, we've made money. We've had staff, we've lost staff. We know how it impacts our personal lives. We're gonna help you navigate this entire business. Our goal, sole goal, is to give you the information to reach your goals while you stay true to what's most important to you. And what I know, what's important to you are things like quality, hospitality, innovation, sustainability, staying ahead of the curve, staying up with trends, and of course, providing an unforgettable guest experience. So whether you're a seasoned professional, you're a restaurant entrepreneur, or you're a rookie about to jump into your first business, grab a seat, pour yourself a drink, a cup of coffee, put your AirPods on, grab the dog, go for a walk, hit the treadmill, sit on the couch, whatever you're gonna do, we're gonna drop some serious knowledge on you. And it starts right now. Welcome to Close Monday. Hey everyone, uh, Avi Gorin, CEO and co-founder of Marquee. And I wanna talk about the customer journey for a second. You never know as a restaurant owner where your guests are truly coming from. End of the day, we do see some patterns around two types of search behaviors, direct versus discovery. Direct search, for an example, would be jumping into Google and saying Cali barbecue hours, right? I know where I wanna go to eat, but I'm missing a key detail. I need a little bit more information. Discovery, which is the bulk of searches, is barbecue in San Diego, restaurants near me, takeout near me, right? One of the best ways to be found for more discovery searches is leveraging keywords. Reviews are basically free content for you to leverage. Think about keywords that are relevant to your brand, your location, and include as many of those in your review responses as possible, right? How can you go about doing this? Let's set up reports, utilize tools like Google Trends, find out what's going on in your area and how you can help leverage these keywords and review responses, because someone else is doing that, right? If you need some examples, you could do anything from including summer menu, gluten-free menu, um, leverage specific menu items like the dreaded and beloved spice pumpkin anything in your review responses right let them know what's coming let your reviewers know something they should come back and try and of course if all of this just seems overwhelming and daunting because you're already running a, a restaurant and have enough on your plate just leverage the team at marquee to do this for you we handle all of this we're experts in this space we can automate this so it's just another item that you know you are taking care of Again, that's marquee.com, M-A-R-Q-I-I, M-A-R-Q-I-I.com, no you. However, we did recently buy M-A-R-Q-U-I-I.com, so if you do misspell it, we got you, you'll still find us, we can still help you. If you're a restaurant and you're not using digital tools to help run your business, I got a question for you. Why? I mean, 2024 is right around the corner this has got to be the year where you stop creating those paper schedules on a clipboard or those manual punch card timesheet things. I mean, I'm hearing that some of you are even closing your restaurant for up to an hour just so your employees can learn about the new specials. You got to stop. And please, I'm begging you, stop sending updates through emails. Have you met your employees? They don't like it. 
they won't open it and you have no idea if they actually read it. I know it sounds way scarier than it is. And I promise it'll make your life and your employee lives way easier if you just bring digital platforms into your business. Personally, I suggest you give Connect Team a try. They've got a great desktop version as well as a mobile version that gives a solution for anything you can think of. Time tracking, schedules, time off requests, courses, forms, tasks, requests for one-on-ones, group chats, updates. It's really like your restaurant's personal social media platform all in one place. Sign up now to Connect Team. There's a 14-day free trial. You don't even have to put a credit card in. And for small businesses with 10 users or less, Connect Team offers a completely free version with all the features and capabilities included. Check them out now, connectteam.com. How's it going? Good. What? It's like, it's been the first whole day of the summer in Wisconsin, but it's kind of nice. Um, I'm enjoying it at least. I'm a pants and sweatshirt person. So oh, you like hoodie season? You're like hoodies. Sweet. Yeah, hoodie season. I just bought, what it- uh, like, full, I just was like up really late last night. Um, do you know Printful? Do you, do oh, you know yeah. That? I was just like throwing my logo in a bunch of different hoodies and stuff. So I sent myself like a whole box of stuff to test out. Hey, you, know, um, I, you just reminded me because we do the same thing. And then every month you get 20% off your own stuff, right? Oh, I don't, I didn't even know. Yeah. That. Yeah, man. If you set up a store I, once a month, you get, you can use it to send stuff out to people, which sometimes we do on the show. Um, and also you can use it uh, for yourself. So if you're like, Hey, I want to try out like a jogger suit. You can get it for like twenty percent off just to see what it's like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a little, a little uh, tip. Yeah, no. I'm, a, I'm a Shopify guy myself. Print for Shopify. For me. <laughs> um. So yeah, last time I saw you, we were running around the floor of the restaurant show. Mm-hmm. How are things been going since then? Um. Good. We've been like working through a ton of change in our space. Um a lot of change in, in the space actually like from personal change to how we like manage our people. And, um, in, a, in about a week here, we're going to kind of, I don't want to call it a rebrand cause we're still going to be using like our logo and stuff, but more like mm-hmm. an change of how we, um, view what we do in the restaurant. Um, we're, being really select here, I guess I'll dive into what we're doing because it makes more sense when I say it. Yeah, I felt um so I felt like I started this when I was twenty four. I'm thirty two now, almost thirty-three. Um and I don't know if you remember what it was like being twenty four, but like opening a business when you're 24 and don't know anything and don't yeah even know who you are is like I I look back at some of the stuff and I'm like oh, how did I do that or what what was I even doing in general and I could do a whole podcast series on I was 24 when I started my just on that first year yeah nightmare nightmare yeah. so now I kind of realized that I mean we do. We were in the industry for the people that come in, right? But there was definitely a lot of compromises that I made on my, my the personality of the brand because I thought people would like me more or like Crafty Cow more. Um, and I was felt like I was going at like our social media or like how I was talking about it, like mm-hmm. almost fake, almost not not authentic. Yeah, way to put it. So. Now we're trying to uh, work in this, like, um, I've been talking a lot about how we're going to be the NBA of burgers and fried chicken more, which is, is I love the NBA. But with that, too, we're putting in this other world of me um, where we're turning it into more like a psychedelic burger bar. So we have, like, we're being very selective on the music that we're putting on. Um <clears throat> Because so like that genre of music is can be anything from like rap music to like Aesop Rocky all the way up to like I guess we could go to Grateful Dead and Fish and anywhere in between. So it's that's dope. So we're trying to figure out when we play what kind of music, what what the vibes got to be in here to feel that way. 
we're rebranding the entire menus to look and have that um, attitude with them too. Um, down to what we name our food, name the name the like headings on the menu, uh, and we're getting like a new website done. And uh, one of the things, since we were talking about merch, is I have like a friend who um, is really good at designing like that type of merch. So I sent him, uh, you know, the brand Mellow Mushroom. Mellow Mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I just talked to uh, mm-hmm. a guy who's uh, he's a franchisee for Mellow Mushroom, but he's getting into this new new franchise. So yeah, yeah, we were just talking about it. So I sent him a bunch of stuff from Mellow Mushroom, and I'm like, I like what these guys do. These are these guys are a little more like in your face about it. I'm I don't want to do that, but I I, uh, I think that's kind of where they're headed a little bit. Uh, yeah, 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 I know their vibe. They're 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 down in um. My parents live in Delray Beach, Florida. They have a location down there, and I, I popped in there. So you're so you created this brand. Just if I'm understanding you correctly, you created this brand, yeah. and now and you were kind of like, you know, this is cool. It's a burger brand, but it's not speaking to what I wanted to speak to. I wanted to be like my brand, and it's not there. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. That's like, cool. I felt, I felt like in order for me to like, there was always this disconnect and. Um, and this leads down to like personality thing that I struggle with um, internally. It's like, who, I guess I, the best way I can put it in this, I actually saw you know, uh, Jason Segal said this in an interview when he's talking about like mental health. And uh-huh. one of the things he said in that interview is like, every day, I think it takes me a little more time to wake up and tell myself that I enjoy being myself and i struggle with that a lot enjoy being what myself yeah um, right I yeah this just internal struggle with like do i like who i am and part of what i realized that i was doing is i was just like doing this burger brand restaurant that like i wasn't even being myself with for so long and it's like i think if i do it this way this type of person will like me or this type of person will like me. And I was like, you know what? The brand should be about me. I need to make sure that the people are happy for other reasons, not yeah. anything to do with me. And uh, so that's kind of what led to the change. I I, well, A number one, that's like, it's like imposter syndrome, right? Like you want to create this thing because it's what other burger concepts are doing. And if we do that, people, you know, I made this thing about like how restaurant I did the series on TikTok about like restaurants all creating the same shit and yeah. then expecting everybody to go to them and like you guys all literally have shishito peppers, calamari, avocado toast, just all have the same stuff. I want to go to a place like you're talking about that has a connection, a feel, a soul. Like I want to see the owner making the pizza whose like fingers are so dried out from using so much flour and he's yeah. making crazy pizzas because that's what he likes. I'll, we we dealt with that in our own restaurant. Yeah. We opened up a pizza, like the pizza concept uh, in New York, which is like, you know, opening up a church. And they were like, you know, it has to have, we, we, we want to be different. So we didn't have Coke. We didn't have Sprite. We didn't have Budweiser, Heineken, Coors Light. We had local sodas, craft beers. That was like 2009. So like right when this is all kind of starting, people used to come into the restaurant and be like, you guys are never going to fucking make it. Yeah. You never, where's the garlic knots? Where's the balsamic vinegar? We're, we're like at every other pizza place around here. Like literally I could see two of them from here. You can go there and get that. But when we leaned into it, it's like scary a little bit. People start to vibe with it. And it's like, all right, I get it. And they liked it. We were playing Biggie with the curses. We were playing, you know, ABBA one night. We liked the ABBA musical soundtrack. People loved it. They get to know you for that. And that's what they appreciate. And I think it resonates like harder. You know what I mean? It was really crazy when I changed the music. I, so we just started doing it. I made like two playlists and I put them on one day in one of the restaurants just to kind of see. First of all, the staff was really into it. And then the second thing is I got like four reviews um, on like Google and Yelp all being like, the music here is awesome. And I was like, oh, sweet. This is, there you go. I was like, I, I should have been doing this from the beginning. I was, instead, I was like, putting on whatever I felt like people wanted to listen to, which I don't, I don't know if people even know what they want to listen to half the time. 
They just want to vi- match the vibe. Like I remember we used to get the same thing comments. They were like, pizza's good, but I want to buy the playlist. So then we started giving out our Spotify playlist and like we would change it and we'd ask for people's suggestions. Yeah, it became like a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, direction. I'm excited about it. It feels, it feels different from the last yeah. nine years. Yeah, it's like, you know, the the temptation is there, right? Because you think it's easier. But yeah. it's, it's balls that you're doing. But I, I promise, man, like in my experience, at least, it was like infinitely better once we hit our stride. Yeah. Like, I kind of what you were saying about the menu items. There's just so many restaurants doing a lot of the same. And I don't, I think restaurant owners always make up stories to themselves. I do this all the time for every single day. I mean, we did, I was kind of making one up when uh, we, before we even started recording this is like why the last two days were slow, right? Like you're always like doing this mental gymnastics to like justify something. I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, that place over there is busy. Everyone in there is ordering garlic nuts, so I should probably too. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Totally. And we definitely do a little bit of that, too, on our menus. Wisconsin's a weird, weird state. Um, I don't know if I can't remember what podcast this was on, but, like, kind of going off the menu part of it is I listen to Craig Calder, who owns Calder's, talk about how nope. they have one of the biggest fast food menus like, of any fast food restaurant. Biggest in terms of number of items, you mean? Yeah. 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 Um, and a lot of that comes down to like the type of people in Wisconsin, like that's what they want. Uh, they want a lot Option. of places. It's, it's really weird. Um, which we have a pretty big menu because of that reason too. We narrowed it down like during COVID inflation. Um, we got a lot of pushback on that, which was crazy. Uh, we narrowed it down to like our best items and our most unique, but people were like, there used to be a lot more on here. And I was like, oh man, I didn't realize that that was such a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's such a, that's like a, I feel like a very, I think we shifted from that at least in New York it was like, it used to be the same thing. Yeah. Right. Like it was like, Oh my God, this is all you have on the menu. Don't you have anything else? You know? And then like chefs and operators started pushing back. And then you started seeing like these very like niche concepts. Like we just make bow bonds. We just make pierogies. We just make pizza. No, no pasta, no anything, just pizza. I I lived in Minnesota (laughs) for a while. And I, I'm obviously run like an hour from Chicago. I miss being, I love Milwaukee. It's, uh, affordable. It's like on Lake Michigan. I am like one mile from like one of the biggest park systems and bike paths. It's it's great. And but then I like try to figure out food, and I'm like, I want to go to a place sometimes that I'm like, I really just want to go there for the one thing that I want. I want that one yeah. thing only, and it's really hard to find yeah. places like that. There's a few. There's uh, some really great ones, but um, a lot of places are not. Like do you do you have like who's your clientele? Is it like families? Is it like singles, young folks coming in for drinks? Like who's your? If you had to say like who your core customer was, who who would it be? Um, it depends on. So we have three locations. It really does depend. We're in three very different neighborhoods. So we have one that's forty five minutes outside of Milwaukee. Um, that was our first location. It's in the suburbs. It's a lot more conservative. It's families. It's um, now it's actually become more like uh, first time families. We have a lot of people that are like moving out of the city, and that's where yeah. they're uh, starting their family, which is pretty cool. Um, but a lot of older money out there too. Um, and then we have our Milwaukee location, which is in this neighborhood called Bayview. And it is like straight up hipster neighborhood. Um, a lot of young, more younger people. There's families and stuff there too. Um, but yeah, we get a definitely a younger crowd at that neighborhood. You can even see like dinner service in Oconomowoc starts at 
5.36. Dinner service in Milwaukee starts at 7.30. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's definitely all over the place. And then our third location is like a mix of the two. So, like, do you, so does that make you think, like, wow, this really appeals to everybody? Or do you, like, look at sales and say, hey, we're actually doing more sales at this place as opposed to this place? Or do you think it's all just a function of real estate? Um, different things sell better in different areas. I think that's why, why we kind of part of the reason why we have a larger menu. Um, and Wisconsin in general is just like, like it's, it's so purple, like depending on where you are, it's like you're either going to be like deep in like Democrat territory or deep in Republican territory. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Two, two very different like uh, groups of people that eat differently, which is weird. Um, but so, but you have to have like consistency in your brand too, right? Like I can't have like one menu in one place and one menu in another place. So yeah. And they're only 45 minutes away, and one of them's near the airport. So the people coming in from the other locations do often go to that one. Um, so, yeah, I do see, like, different, I guess, different people ordering differently in different areas. Like, uh, our suburb is, like, heavy beer drinkers. Our city mm. heavy concerts. Because what, what makes me think is like, how do you, because then how do you go about marketing, like marketing your brand? Or maybe that's like one of the challenges. So, I mean, it is a challenge. It's definitely mm-hmm. something that we've, we're starting to figure it out a lot more, but it's been trying to figure out where to find all these people. Um, but kind of realized, so like in our younger area like we can find them more on instagram and tiktok so we need to be on there Um, and then like in the suburbs areas a lot more facebook that's where you find those groups of people and then trying to get the word out to all of them at one time is also because they like they can't have the same messaging um yeah it's a process. It really, yeah. it really is. And it's something that I, I am not, I don't know if I'm struggling with it, but I'm learning all like every day, I guess. Yeah. With, like, Cause that's with, hard, man. I think I, the, hey, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I literally finished my sentence. <laughs> no, like, so my, so for me, I need, like, I'm just thinking as an operator, I remember we had we had one location. Our first location was small, and it was like we it was cozy, and but it was we we couldn't pack any more people in there. It was twelve seats. We were doing a ton of takeout. It was nuts. We couldn't handle any more capacity in the kitchen or at the pizza station. So we're like, wow, we need this much bigger location. And oh, we can put a bar in there because people like to drink. We don't have a full liquor license. And I think that was like the beginning of our end because like we should have just stayed with what we had. People knew like our brand became like this. Oh no, it's a small little cute pizza place. It, it's it's busy. It's t- like a long wait for a table. But once we became more accessible, it wasn't the same experience. You know what I mean? So if you open up, I know you said you're going to like a re kind of like repurposing or rebranding what you have. How will you address that in, in like the next location or even just going forward? That's a question I go back and forth on all the time because I'm a person that likes full service. You know, like I like sitting down, I like being served, I like that whole experience. Um, but the world is moving away from that more and more, especially the, mo- I know the model of how I want to open. Right? I don't want to, the traditional model is like regionally you start in your pocket and you just kind of grow out of that pocket and see yeah. where you want to be. Um, I've watched some really fun brands do it in a completely different way where they are like, sure, we're in LA right now, but we're also going to be in Philly and then New York. And like that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to go open places that 
to be. Um, so that could be a thing too, right? Like maybe you're not a fit for your home market, like, yeah, which is a thing. I mean, because I guess my question to you would be ultimately because we could go around and around on this all day long. It's a, it's a lot to kind of take on because there's so many aspects to a restaurant and you're all, your hands are in each one. Yeah. But what, I guess my question would be like, what aspect would you be, are you most concerned about losing of your existing? If we were going to like, let's say we open in Chicago, right? Um, hmm. I think there's the first location we opened being in the suburbs and being in a smaller area is a very different independent restaurant feeling than opening in a big city that's an independent Everybody kind of knows everybody. Yep. From from the moment you open. Not from like, hey, you built regulars over like, you know, the last couple of years. It's the moment you open, the entire neighborhood walks in there and the entire neighborhood recognizes all their friends. And yeah, right. Talk about what they're doing, what they're up to. It is, it's a completely different thing. So I know that I, That'll be a struggle, and happen. that was a little bit of a struggle too when we went from suburbs to Milwaukee. Yeah. So that neighborhood feeling is a thing that I worry about. How do how do I build that um, in a bigger market quickly? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, I know for somebody like me, like, let's say we met and we're going to like work together on the real estate side. That would be one of my first questions is like, because you're not going to see sort of like some restaurants downtown and you won't see some downtown restaurants in the suburbs. And they're like, no, we're strictly a suburban market. We're strictly an urban market. I mean, yeah, that that's, that's like a little bit of an identity crisis. That's a lot to tackle. I and mean, I don't, I definitely know like what a, I, I think going forward we'll go more fast casual qsr if when we do open other markets that's where I, that's actually kind of like where i got most of oh, it was from a minneapolis restaurant that i worked at called new bohemia it's like a sausage house basically and it was qsr they had an order counter and then they had a full bar and it was cool because if you wanted full service, you could sit at the bar and you could, there was like 15, 20 seats, but then everything else was like, go order at the counter and you get a number. Um, right. That, that model is really fun and it hasn't been explored too much. Um, if you go to Nashville, it's like, that's, that's the entire Nashville market. It's, yeah, it's common, very common here. To, yeah. It's starting to switch around, even to the suburban market where you just get like, hey, let me get my two burgers, two beers, fries, whatever. And then we just take number five and we sit down, they bring the food out. and Yeah. 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 So I, I know that that's kind of where we're going to go. So we can, I'd like to do a smaller menu, I think. Um, I like a lot of the stuff we have on our menu, um, but there's definitely things that stand out with and other stuff that we don't need. Hands down. The most embarrassing mistake I made as a restaurant owner was hiring the wrong accountant and trusting that he was doing the right thing. Now, the main thing that he was in charge of was sales tax. And long story short, didn't get paid, didn't get paid on time, didn't get paid in full. And our little 40 seat restaurant wound up owing the state of New York $180,000 in sales tax. But that was before Davo. Davo automates your sales tax. It integrates with your POS, so it automatically sets aside the sales tax funds daily. Then, when it comes time to remit these funds to the state, Davo files and pays the sales tax for you on time and in full. You know, it's easier. Take a little bit out every day as opposed to this big chunk due at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter. It would have changed my business, would have changed really my life. Because let's face it, when you're running a restaurant, those bills that are due, they keep you awake at night. Not with Davo. It's all taken care of. So 
it integrates with your POS. So whether you have Toast, Square, Clover, Lightspeed, uh, SkyTab, uh, whatever you have, Revel, they integrate with them and they're adding new partners every day. So you never have to worry about sales tax again. In the show notes, there's a link where you can schedule a call with the customer success team. Let them know that you heard about Davo on the Close Monday podcast and they'll hook you up. Never worry about sales tax ever again. Keep your eye on what matters, which is running your business day in, day out, and let Davo take care of the sales tax. All right. Well, so let's let's talk about let's talk about the fun stuff. So what 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 do you what was your like what was your inspiration for starting the restaurant? And like how did you even pick that first location? I guess that those kind of stories really always yeah. intrigue me. I mean, this I started working in restaurants when I was 14. I was dishwasher at this place called the Union House, also in the middle of nowhere, um, Wisconsin. And uh, it was fine dining. And I I just remember being really curious about everything going on in there. So there was like a group of us dishwashers. We were all like 14, 15 years old. We all came together. And I was always just like off talking to the sous chef. I'm not doing my job very well. Just like, <laughs> you were getting, you were getting like, you were getting paid to learn about the business. Yeah, so I was just asking him, and eventually, and I only worked there like three months, and um, eventually, he just was like, "Do you want to just like do some of this stuff?" So he had like making <laughs> and like doing all these little things, and um, loved it. I wanted to get a different job because I was also in like sports and uh, that place wasn't really um, that di- it just didn't vibe with my schedule. So I, yeah, yeah I worked with, uh, I went to work at Panera bread after that for a few Panera? years. Yeah. I, okay. I, I love how that brand does things. And like, I don't mm. know if it's like, I was working there and I just had good people with me. Um, but I think the way that they keep up on technology and the way that they like push, like move people through their space, the way their spaces are set up is just feels spot on. Like every time I go, um, systems, right? Like they have it nailed down. Yeah. Yeah. It's super awesome. And so then I worked there and then went to college and kept working restaurants in college. Got, uh, ended up moving back home and while I was living at my parents' house, I just wrote restaurant menus and plans for fun. Um, it's like, didn't, it wasn't like in my mind that that's what I was going to do, but I was like just working on it because I was working in restaurants and yeah. um, wrote up a couple different brands and then eventually one day my dad was like, you could probably do this if you um just took some classes on it so i took some at like one of the community colleges took a few classes on it i definitely didn't take enough classes on it to say that i actually went to school straight up for that um but then it kind of just started happening. I just started actually asking a lot more questions, started meet, looking at spaces. And we settled at the one in the suburbs because um, I guess when, like, I didn't know Milwaukee market very well. Um, I didn't, I lived in Minneapolis. I went from suburbs to Minneapolis, back to suburbs. And okay. It's like 40 minutes to Milwaukee, so it's not like I was going there and hanging out and, like, coming back home. I didn't really have a lot of friends that lived over there at that time. Um, So I kind of knew the market where we were at. And then it's also just, like, anytime anything happens in that neighborhood, like, in the downtown area, the whole city goes to it. And it's, like, in an area where there's like a hundred thousand people spread out, right? Like the mm-hmm. area is a hundred thousand people within like 20 miles. So there's a lot of people out there. They're just spread out. Um, and, but they all come down to, to the downtown area. Okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, like that everyone's like, I was talking about this again 
I talked to so many restaurant people. I never remember if it was like on the podcast or if it's a client, but they were talking about the same thing. Like, man, I wish I knew more before I opened my restaurant. And I genuinely think that most people who like are successful in the restaurant business, they are like learning while they're doing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think the hard part is learning while you're doing and prioritizing because like, it's easy to like, okay, yeah, I get it. And then you have like this lingering thing, like raising money or bookkeeping or training or all these systematizing, but then it's like easier to like go and create content or go to create a new menu item. And then, so then what you don't realize, and somebody told me this and they weren't even a restaurant person was like how little time you actually have in your day and how you spend that time is going to like make you essentially a better restaurant or a worse restaurant because like, you know how it is. Like you're working in the restaurant. And then you have those slow periods like, all right, let me quickly catch up on these invoices. Let me just run payroll a day early so I have some time tomorrow. It's going to be busy. But like all those little things. And then you have a beer rep stop in. They want to taste you on a new IPA. And you're like, fuck, dude, I'm trying to I'm working on this training program. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like I know that these guys, they just they have this laser focus. Like, hey, you know, man, cool. But can you schedule a time? Like, I don't, I don't have time to do it now. It's like that ability to say no and prioritize, which is really hard when you're passionate about your brand. And yeah. You know, I know that feeling, man, because I was a chef. So I knew, like, I could get buried in the kitchen and just start creating and not give a shit about payroll, about invoices, about yeah. the bookkeeper meeting or anything. But that probably wasn't the right thing to do. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. I feel you on that one. So much of it is, too, like, when you're saying, like, the beer rep coming in, so much of it is yeah. relationship, right? So much of it is yeah. minute, minute yeah. relationships. You, like, most people say wouldn't aren't important, but they are. Like, if you want to yeah. get something... Like, especially when they're working with craft beer, like if you don't keep up on those relationships, you're not going to get what you want to get, keep your menu interesting. So you like yeah, yeah. to go out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a time consuming industry. Yeah. Also, you know what I, I learned from Go ahead. Uh, also, like a lot of us who are in this industry, if we weren't in here, we would be just jumping around from other thing to other thing anyways. Like it's, right. uh, we're here jumping around in our own space, but like if we weren't here, we'd be jumping around doing a bunch of projects somewhere else. Yeah. It's like balance. It's that way. It's the creative, it's the creative yeah. person, right? You need, you can't just like, I have a buddy of mine who's a very talented chef, like literally anything he touches, like he creates content and it's like, holy shit. Like my yeah. wife and I are sending back and forth. Look what he's making. Look what he's making. But he's so not focused. Like anything he, if he picked, he would stay with it. But he just needs to be creative every second of the day that like now he's just stuck in this like place. But thank God for content because now he's just diving into content. So he's creating content and that's he's going to make money doing that, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, it's tough. It's not easy when you have to scratch that itch all the time. I think the hardest thing and that this is what I'm trying to learn right now uh, and teach myself is that like, if you're really good at that stuff, you need to figure out a way to get your team to help you do the stuff that you're not good at and help you continue to grow. Because if you're really like, if he's really good at creating content and then, but he's like not doing the books or not doing that stuff, right? Like get somebody to help you with that. Because if you're really good at creating the content, there's going to be more money coming in because you're doing more marketing for your restaurant. But like you cannot forget about that other stuff either. So no. I and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I'm like, okay, I need to get like I'm like starting to teach my managers like, hey, this is how you track inventory, this is how you do the labor, this is how you do this stuff, because I know what those numbers should be and and like I can watch and see when they're not being hit. But I also can't be the person that's like sitting there computing all that stuff, then going back to them and being like, what the heck's going on when they're the yeah. ones that should have been following those protocols anyways. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we, as small business, as restaurant owners forget that, like you got to ask for that help in order to like do the things that, that oh, yeah. excited us and brought us to the business in the first place. That's the thing is like if you, so many people like get frustrated and you say like oh God, nobody here does inventory right, 
And then you're like, well, damn, I, I kind of let them do it their own way. And I never really showed them the right way. And my way didn't even really work anyway. And then you're like, shit, I need to bring somebody in here to help me with that because yeah. I need to focus on X, Y, and Z. That's the thing is like, you can't, the old school thing, restaurants was like, you have to do everything. You know, the owner wears all the hats. You're the plumber, you're the dishwasher, you're the bartender. I think that's bullshit. I think the ones that actually succeed, they stay, they stay focused on what they do really well. And then everything else is just outsourced to somebody else. And yeah. if they can't handle it, they'll find somebody else who can. I think that that mindset's so toxic. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to think. I, and I just started, like, really asking myself those questions. Like, do I really, should I really be doing all this? Because I'm only doing it 20% of the way, 30% of the way. And then I'm have, trying to get a manager to do it 110% of the way. And I'm not, I'm not even close to that either. So, like... Right. It's and I feel like it comes from this idea that if you aren't doing it and you don't know it, you're not doing a good job. Um, but really, you're not doing a good job if you're just like not making money and you're not being successful. Like your business isn't growing, so it doesn't matter who does it. It just matters that it's getting done. Yeah, exactly. Talk to me about your social because I realized you guys are kind of killing it on on social. What did something change there? Have you guys like what, um, what's what was the impetus there? It's grown like in the last four months has been really picking up. Um, I mean, just staying consistent is the biggest thing. I know you know Sean. Well, mm-hmm. he sounds familiar. Yep. Um, <laughs> following his mantra of just like be the show not the commercial is kind of what we've been trying to do. I've been like involving more of my staff into helping yeah, us so. what we're going to be doing. Um, yeah. We just started getting a few like actual, because the definition of viral is just like more views and you have followers. But, yep. like, we've been getting ones that are like in the hundreds of, I think we have one that's at almost 500,000 views right now. Oh, shit. Um, and it's been pretty awesome. Like, I, I I, think a lot of it, though, is just consistency. Um, because I still put out really bad videos. I still put out really bad stuff, like, once, twice, three times a week. But I'm putting stuff out, and some of it's resonating with people, and even the stuff that I think is bad, like we still get people talking to us on it. I think the biggest thing yeah. that we're doing is interacting with every single person we can possibly interact with on there. We interact with. I that's good, good bad, annoying. Like I, it doesn't matter. Like my best example that I, Cause I was just talking to a business owner about this. They're like, how do you like even respond to some of this stuff? And I'm like, well, like if you think what they say is stupid, <laughs> they're just trying to reach out to you. And also they're also just trying to get a reaction. So if you just react, you like just be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, like a good example, this is like, I put out a video that a sandwich has pickles on it. 150 people on there just being like ew gross pickles and then i just respond like you can ask for your server to take them off and it's just like yeah the simplest thing uh, yeah it's like what they get hung up on yeah i've also really there's a few things that i'll do in videos i don't know if i should say this but every <laughs> once in a while like we'll put something that we know is like a little controversial in the video oh yeah um, like when I make a sandwich that I know is for myself, if I like put one clip in there where I'm not wearing a glove, I'll have like 25 people be like, he's not wearing a glove. Oh my God. He's not wearing gloves. But then we'll have 5,000 likes on that video because most people aren't reading those, those comments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that That's, that is, that's definitely my angle on everything. Like is if you just take a stance one way or the other, like if you just, your next video, if you just would have made like a sandwich that was all pickles mm-hmm. to just fuck with everyone, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that just is like, no, because now you're like team pickle. 
You know what I mean? Like you're gonna be like, holy shit, that's the place with all the pickles. Can I get the pickle sandwich? It's so it's just so weird how that resonates. And TikTok in particular is brutal. Those I haven't seen any of you. I've been looking at your comments, but dude, I get comments all the time. Like comments I'm old, I'm bald. Yeah, it's crazy. Instagram people are like mean to us. <laughs> oh really? Nah, I get I get I get TikTok way more. I think maybe I don't know. I've been on Instagram for so long, so it's like more like a closer knit community, maybe. But yeah, it's fun. It's it's hard. It's not easy, but. I think to your point, that's sort of like when you're putting things up that are purposely, I think I was saying like with the, the pickles or like I did the avocado toast thing, you're also like picking up a large percentage of people who are like, fuck yeah. You know, that's kind of like that authenticity thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, Not every sandwich comes on with pickles. That's it, period. Like there's a place here, Walter's Hot Dogs. Yeah. hundred years, over hundred years they've been open. They split their hot dog and they grill them like this. And they're mm-hmm. like, Toast the bun, butter the whole the other nuts. No ketchup, no sauerkraut, no relish, no chili, nothing but mustard. People for a hundred years, like, where's the ketchup? Where's the ketchup? They're like, you want ketchup? Go get your own damn ketchup. And like, it's funny. Some people around here, it's like an institution, like, no, I won't go there. It's going to have ketchup. And they're like, no, man, screw you guys are nuts if you put ketchup on a hot dog. And they've just, you know, a hundred years. It's a nice, it's a nice run. But like, yeah, I love when you stand up for shit like that. You um, you follow the. I think they mostly do Instagram, but do you follow Turkey and the Wolf? No. Uh, do you know all that place? No, I'm gonna look at it right now on Instagram. Uh, yeah, it's on Instagram. Turkey and the Wolf. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, Mason Hereford. He's James Beard chef. It's just a sandwich. It's an amazing sandwich spot in New Orleans. And, okay. Right, there we go. And then they own. He partnered with a spot in Chicago during COVID that opened up too. But they do like he uses that as his like personal Instagram account too. Um, and it's kind of it's like what their voice and their authenticity on there is like so nailed in. They I think when they post something. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's like a ton of people just chime in because they have that same attitude, right? Like they're like, yeah, they're like, I'm gonna say this because look how cool these guys are being. This is their Instagram. You can you see this? Yeah. This. It, yeah. This is the guy right here. Yep. It's very cool. Huh. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got a look. Yeah, it's, oh, it's near like it's culty. Oh yeah, he's gonna be right near me in the Bronx. Well, not that that close, but that's pretty cool. Well, so what I'm saying, what were you saying that you like about this is that he speaks to his his brand. It's just like the second they like post something, it's just like so culty because he kind of what you were saying is like. He, he would be the person that if someone said they didn't like pickles, the next day they'd throw a sandwich on there that's only pickles. Um, they would do that in a second. They wouldn't even have to think about it. And <laughs> everybody would be like a thousand comments on there like, yeah, let's get them. <laughs> yeah. People who didn't like it. Well, that's, I mean, that's how you build like, like he's yeah. now at the point where it's like he could say something, he can convert people. Yeah. Like, I don't like pickles, but if you like pickles, I'll fucking eat them, dude. Yeah, that's cool too. Yeah. Um. Well, cool, man. So what's so? I mean, that sounds like you got a lot going on, a lot, a lot in your head to try to hammer out. But yeah, what, what, where do you see this brand in the next three to five years? So once, once we get everything buttoned up, um, internally, um, getting good systems in place and having the managers teach or being able to like teach new managers and, and yeah. have it be scalable. Um, it's kind of opening more. I'd like to start going to different cities, um, doing the QSR model that we were talking about before and mm-hmm. continuing with the, Continuing with the idea of like the personal brand within the restaurant brand, um, 
like putting myself more into it. Um, I think what's cool about that, that I don't, uh, I think a lot of people have like taken what authenticity means and made it like you have to be political about it mm. and like throw your agenda into it. Um, and I'm excited to just not do that. <laughs> I'm excited to like yeah. throw the authenticity of like being your the person you're supposed to be and like and talking about that. Um we're I'm getting ready to start a podcast. I just like got my logo made and like put all oh, yeah. um my list of people I want to interview on there to start and uh one of the things we're gonna talk about a lot on there is like mental health within the industry yeah. and like how hospitality and mental health go hand in hand. Um oh, and I think that's gonna be like a driving force in how we do things moving forward. Yeah, I think have you spoken to do you know I'll get you some names once we're up here, but there's uh Hassel Avilas at not nine to five is great. She leads that whole charge of like yeah. You know, no, it's not okay for me to not have a seat to eat my meal on my break. Like I need, that's not okay. Yeah. That over time will create like a mental health issue. Like I'm worthy of a chair for my meal. Like, yeah, yeah like little things like that. We don't realize in this business, we used to fucking destroy each other. Like it was almost like a badge of honor, right? Like, like, oh, you got to go work for that guy. He's such a dick. But like, you'll get so much, so many, you'll get like a, you'll get so much clout that you're going to get a job anywhere. Like, wait, what? Why am I going to put myself through this for how long? You know? I I think it's like, it's definitely headed in the right direction, the industry. And I'm excited. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is like people in my generation, like figuring that out. I, I'd like to see more conversation from restaurant owners and business owners about it. Um, yeah. they don't, one, I think they feel like they have to be silent on it, um, because they don't know where their place stands in it. And it is a very, yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. It, it 100% is uncomfortable because I mean, you have to fire people and you have to do stuff in that, in that person's perspective, like you're not caring about them in that moment and like having having that in a, in your head and also in their head is like, I can still care about that stuff. And like that situation is outside of, outside of the mental health department, right? Like it's, this is a business situation and I don't think business owners really take that into account for themselves. Um, It's a lot of, because they themselves, they, they themselves need it. Yeah. They themselves don't know how to handle it. Right. Like, you know, I mean, like, Everyone turns to, I mean, it's like cliche now at this point, but like everyone turns to drinking, right? Like, oh, well, I'm just going to sit down and have a drink with everybody after, but that's not great to do either, right? No. Like that's a lot of the, that's pretty well publicized. Yeah. 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 I, um, uh, I wait, I'm like really excited about the groups of companies that are coming out. Um, like there's an apron company and, Minneapolis that does a really good job at like giving back towards that mental health piece in the restaurant industry. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's called craft made aprons. What are they called? Craft made aprons. They okay. do- yeah, yeah. 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 So they, they have like their own charity that gives back to it. And um, I think a lot of it for people has always just, they've always just thought that that, is so review based and so what people are saying about them based, but a lot of it's actually more what's happening within the four walls of the restaurant and not what, not what's on the reviews. Um, don't get me wrong. They definitely do play a part into it, but I, it's the way people treat each other and the way people act within the four walls. And I think having companies like that, that are part of the business, but not within the business saying something yeah. i think that's making us change a lot yeah it's awareness right like everybody has a deeper awareness about like 
because so many people have worked in the business and then quit before mm-hmm. it got to that point. They're like this, but then, you know, when you're passionate about something, I think that's what kind of like makes this difficult is that, gosh, like I'll put up with this because I love actually like creating, or I love the people I work with, or I love being in hospitality. So yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think I'm very, I don't think I'm appreciative of that, that noise getting louder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's every time I hear a little bit about that, it's a cool thing. So I'm with you on that. All right. So I don't want to, it's Friday night. You own a restaurant. I can't keep you like forever. Um, tell everybody a little bit about the brand where they could find you and uh, all that fun stuff. Uh, so we're Crafty Cow, NBA burgers and fried chicken. You can find us in Milwaukee. Um, is our home base, Crafty Cow WI. That's like all of our social handles, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, our main Facebook page, our website. Um, you can DM me. I'm the one that responds to mostly everything on the Crafty Cow oh, base. Nice. If you want to reach out and talk to me, you can do that on there. Uh, I also have my own personal Instagram, but I really don't use it. I like post, I honestly just post pictures of like my wife or my dogs on there when I feel like I need to put it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yep. So, um, yeah, find me at Crafty Cow. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Nice. And maybe in Chicago yeah. soon, maybe whatever. I'm Have you? We get to do pop ups someday in other cities. Like, that's kind of like where I want, how I want to test markets. So I'm hoping yeah. to figure that out. That's a great call. I mean, so many, so many brands should take advantage of that. We were just, I was just talking about that with a guy here because like we're in the suburbs of New York City, 25 minutes, half one suburb. Um, and there are a lot of places that, you know, things close earlier here. They don't open like Mondays and Tuesdays. And they're like, hey, how can we make some more money? I'm like, yo, you should do a pop-up. Brands from the city would come up here and do it. It's a great way to test the market. So yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Great. There's like some places doing pop-ups with food trucks. Like they're buying food trucks just to test like, Hey, before I open up in Florida, let me go open my pizza or see if I can do pizza down there. See if people like it. Yeah. And people should be doing more pop-ups at breweries. Like that's where, that's how you should test your market out. I guess Hell yeah. the number one spot where everyone goes with all their friends. And they're already I'm surprised you don't get a lot. What? You don't have that a lot. That that seems to me like I think a lot of people would be fighting that. Like they would like that would be like a no-brainer. Like, like, oh, we should totally do yeah, it. Is I mean, that not really like food trucks that go to them and stuff? But I don't think a lot of people are doing. Like, I see more of just like established food trucks going to them, right? Like the hmm. food truck that's that's there. I don't see as many people being like, "I want to test my restaurant. I'm going to talk to this brewery, and I'm going to do it there." I would, I right. wish more of that. There's a little bit All of right. that. Not, not as much. Not as much. All right. And on social, going to keep pumping it out. Any plans to like, I mean, do you want to throw out a date of when you may be doing this whole turnover? Or you're just kind of still in the very preliminary phase. Um, it's going to be thrown out in phases. So there's not really a date. Like we have new menus coming out this week, week that have like some of the elements of what we're working on. And then I think in December is kind of when we're going to be like, right, this, is who, this is who we are. Like you've seen the changes and, and now this is who we're going to be. For the rest of the time. You should do it like on Halloween to like fuck with everybody. Like, this <laughs> is our new personalities. I got a new thing. That would be pretty oh. fun. <laughs> we tried uh, Bob's burgers once like becoming burgers, but I don't, there's a lot more work than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I would imagine it's like switching your whole brand over just for like a couple of days. Yeah. Um, well, listen, so I, I asked Devin to hop on yesterday. We had a cancellation. So I appreciate you hopping on super last minute. Yep. I look forward to following your, your brand. What happens here? Obviously we stay in touch on social. Sean keeps everybody engaged. So that's cool. Shout out again. Sean Wolchev gets too many shout outs on his goddamn show. I got to send him an invoice. He deserves them. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but you should invoice too. Don't, yeah. don't- just because he deserves them doesn't mean he can't pay you for them. Yeah, that's right. There you go. We're talking. Hey, I think that, Sean. Um, all right, man. Thank you for the time, and uh, have a great weekend. All right, folks. That's another episode of Close Monday in the bag. Look, if you've been listening and you're still here, it's clear that you're someone who's committed to taking their business 
and their life to the next level. So just don't let this be something that you just listen to and forget about. You got to take action on what you learned today. And look, I, I don't ask for a lot from you guys. Here's the deal. If you found any value in this episode, please subscribe. Leave me a review. Not for me, but for yourself. You don't want to miss the actionable insights that we've got lined up for future episodes, the guests who have their story to share. And if you think this podcast could change someone else's game, could change their direction of their business, of their restaurant, then understand that your network is your net worth. So if you share that with people, you start to become, you're the, you're the one, right? You're, you're the one they're going to go to and you start to attract the right people into your life. You attract more people into your business and that's just the way that it goes. Um, now for some real interaction, like I said, if you screenshot that you are listening to this show, tag the show, tag me, I will send you a Close Monday t-shirt. And if you've got a burning question or a topic you want to tackle, like I said, you can always DM or shoot me an email at kyle at 4 Your question just might be the focus point of a whole new episode. That's it, right? Like that, that's kind of how this goes. We're always looking for inspiration. So uh, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your feet on the ground. Stay humble. And until next week, this is Close Monday. And I'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.